Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. Welcome to Middle Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And this is episode 115, and we're back to exploring the big four. We're going to be listening to Slayer's Seasons in the Abyss. We were going to do Rain and Blood, yeah, but the people spoke. People spoke. And they want to hear this one. They do. I mean, we'll eventually get to more Slayer records, but uh, I mean, I was I was pretty glad when, when we kind of took a left turn and decided to go with this record, because this is my favorite Slayer record. Possibly their most commercially successful, I guess. Is um, it really? More than Rain and Blood? I don't know. Maybe so. I wonder if the people who wanted this record instead of Rain and Blood are going to be disappointed when we do do Rain and Blood. Oh. No, I'm excited because this was the record that introduced me to Slayer. When I was in junior high and I started hanging out with some metal dudes that saw the Slayer shirt and I was like, oh, my mom would never let me own that shirt. But uh, I got to know these dudes and next thing I know I'm getting introduced to this band. So this was my intro record to Slayer. Cool. Well, if you're joining us for the first time, we're an all-Metallica podcast, despite the fact that we're talking about Slayer today. Ethan and I are two professional touring musicians, get together once a week to talk about our favorite metal band, Metallica, and then we both are busting out tonight. Yeah, we are. Uh, so just for the, anyone keeping score in Metal Up Your Podcast land, it is Wednesday at 1 o'clock, 1.30. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we're, getting it, we're getting it done. We're getting it done. We're doing this. Uh, Clint and I both have a bus call tonight. Where are you headed? I'm headed to uh, Philly. To Philly, that's a long, that's a long bus ride. That's why our bus call is a little earlier than yours. Yeah, mine's not not till eleven thirty, but I'm heading to Nolens, as they say. Nolens, yeah. Nolens. You got to get your Creole lingo. Yeah, I'm gonna be practicing the whole ride down there. Good, that's great. Yeah, I uh, just want to fit in. <laughs> we thought we had this idea a while ago. We've already done one of these of uh, me and Ethan exploring the Big Four. Yeah, you know the Big Four. They're they're uh, an esteemed, uh, venerative group. That's right, venerable group. And uh, we already did, what was the other one we did? We did Countdown to Extinction. Right, Countdown to Extinction, yeah. So we're going to toggle through Megadeth and uh, and uh, Anthrax and Slayer. Uh, what's the Anthrax record you want to do first? I would love to do Among the Living. That's kind of like their their classic. Right. I would say that's almost like their Injustice for All. Okay, cool. And just like our other album <clears throat> breakdowns, we're going to kind of contextualize the record. We've, we've got trusty old <laughs> Wikipedia on hand. Yeah. We're going to be looking at the lyrics. We're, we're going to be talking about Slayer's relevance and their how, all the many ways that they cross paths with Metallica. Right, yeah. All that stuff. So we're going to get rid of some housekeeping first. We don't have too much stuff. Not a, not a ton, no. Uh, if you like the show, go leave us a positive review on iTunes. We're almost to 400 reviews. It's crazy. We're at like 370-something. So let's everyone get out there. Let's get us up to 400. Come on. You can do it. Why not do it? You know what? We'll frame it that way. Let's do it together. And then we'll frame it. And then we'll then we'll print it. Yeah. And then we'll frame it. We'll put it in our respective HQs. Right. Or, or we'll put it in our respective attics where it will sit for 45 years. And then when aliens will take over the earth and they'll be doing reconnaissance on what the human species was like and they'll find that frame. And they'll be like, why did we devour these two guys? <laughs> Damn it. They're so cool. We should have brought them on the mothership. Yeah, they had 400 reviews on iTunes. That's insane. You're going to hear about Patreon later. Uh, we have a commercial for it. Patreon's just a way, if you like the show, it costs money to do this show. Right. This kind of content doesn't just happen. It doesn't just fall out of our butts. 
I mean, it'd be cool if it did. I oh, would monetize be, that. That'd be so much easier. I'd find a way to monetize it. Oh yeah, immediately. But it doesn't. We have to actually. We have to actually take time and make this stuff. Check out this podcast I just found in my toilet. <laughs> Glad I didn't flush that one. Uh, so it's a way for you to support the show. It's nothing crazy. It's five bucks a month, and uh, that's basically a couple of cups of coffee a month. So you get a bunch of shit too. We don't. We don't just take your money. We give you. Uh, we've made a couple of records that we're going to give you for free. Some of our yeah. side projects are on there for free, and uh, and not only that, you get our everlasting gratitude. And by the time this episode, by the time you're listening to it uh, on a Monday or when you ever listen to it, you also have an extra bonus track for my record. There too. you go. That's happening. Uh, we're on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get this shit, we're on there. You can buy one of our, our first EP. You can actually either listen to on Spotify or you can buy it uh, on our website for five ninety eight, or on iTunes or wherever you get music for six bucks or something. Don't listen to it on Spotify. Come on. Come on. Help, help some brothers out. I hate Spotify. I, I like the convenience of it, but I, I don't rely on I it. I don't like the convenience of it. I like that if I, I'm like, oh, what's that song? And I go to that artist and I find him like, awesome. Um, to me, I've been trying to use it as a tool to discover new artists. For instance, Julian Baker. We've mm-hmm. talked about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, after listening to her record on Spotify, I went over to iTunes and purchased the damn thing. Because well, I want her to get. I don't want her to get point zero zero eight four cents per stream from Ethan Luck. And that's best case scenario. I I think that as Americans and maybe as a world population, we we put too much premium on convenience. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine's getting a fucking refrigerator that tells him when he's out of milk. That's too much. I don't think I need my refrigerator telling me I'm out of fucking milk. I want a refrigerator to keep my stuff cold or colder. Yeah. I'll take colder, colder. Yeah. I don't need to be able to control it with my phone. Right. No, no. But it's Bluetooth. You can control the... When has anyone ever wanted to micromanage the temperature of their fucking refrigerator even <laughs> is I, it cold great yeah is it yeah is, is it not at, i mean are you checking in on the temperature of your refrigerator if i can if i open it I can, i'm like this isn't as cold as it normally should be i'll check it out but i'm not i don't want to re- i want to open my phone and be like oh it, it looks like it went above uh, 38 degrees i've literally never opened my refrigerator and had a single thought about whether or not it's cold enough <laughs> if it, i just assume that it's cold or it's not cold right. like i've opened refrigerators that quit working or came unplugged and the food was warm and there was a a, a very discernible aroma right then I'm looking into the temperature. But what if you had a refrigerator that could tell you if it was um, uh, the aroma was coming? What if you had a refrigerator to tell you you didn't wipe all the poop out of your butt the last time you went number two? <laughs> Are our toilets going to start doing that? Ooh, I want a smart toilet. I want a Siri-activated bidet. I want a smart toilet. Uh, I, I want to know, like, this is kind of graphic here, but... Oh, here we and go. And this is weird. But this is a random idea. I am titillated. Uh, an, an old bandmate had a, a long time ago for an invention. A toilet that weighs whatever you waste, whatever you put out of your butt so it you know you sit on it it it, like it zeroes out what your weight is so you know how much is coming out of your body i think it's very informative that is insane isn't that gross that's like some chuck berry shit was it chuck (laughs) berry that had that idea i was in a band with chuck berry back in 1956 (laughs) and we were talking about this and we were also talking about smart refrigerators too i've had two great inventions ideas just the idea i'm an ideas man okay one one of them i call the tornado obliterator And what I imagine it is, is some sort of bazooka-like contraption, like Rambo. The Rambo might rest on his shoulder. And I don't know what the science is, because again, just the idea guy. It fires some sort of particle bomb into the very center of a tornado and neutralizes the hot and cool air. Okay. Boom, tornado, gone. Gone. Imagine it. And, And when they write the history books... 
They will separate history in between two areas, before and after the tornado obliterator. Think of all the senseless destruction, all the communities and cities wiped out. It'll never happen again, not with the tornado obliterator. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like your idea does a little more for humanity than mine does. What's the value of knowing how much your shit weighs? I, it's just fun. Oh, I'm, oh, oh, for entertainment. It's like it could be it could be fun slash if you're uh, if you're let's say you're dieting, you're exercising a lot, and like you're like, wow, I just like I just did this thing, and I had a cheat day, and then I got rid of two pounds of feces. It's more just informative. It's gross, I know. But yours is much better. I would like to combine our two ideas and the, you know, like the flux capacitor takes garbage or whatever. Right. Or actually, we took plutonium in, plutonium in the first one. We had to get that out of here. Yeah. And the Russians were dealing, what was the Ukrainians or something? No, it was the, uh, the, uh, the Libyans. The Libyans. Yeah. Uh, just pick some country that seems far away and they're, they're, the, <laughs> they're the terrorists. Right. Uh, but maybe you put, you, you, your weight in feces is how you feed the tornado obliterator in your community. Ooh. So the people in the Kansas area, uh, they're eating a lot of Denny's. So then you're basically, you know, you're eliminating waste. Mm-hmm. If you have a septic, that helps, you know, you have a septic system at your house. That right. helps with, you know, having that fill up too quick. I mean, I think we're on to something here. My, now, my, my father-in-law is like an astrophysicist. I've run it by him. He assures me it's impossible. And he would know. Clint, never give up. Uh, I won't. You Man, know what? Never give up. You, you, think that, you think that most of the people who invented great things weren't told it what they were trying to do was impossible? Do you think the cast of Armageddon, like, do you think someone told them, no, you can't land on an asteroid and blow it up? Well, yeah. They were saying, look, we're not looking to hear how we can't do it. We're looking for people who are going to solve this problem. Exactly. And guess what? Bruce Willis did. That's right. And he sang, and they, Aerosmith sang that song to his kid, Liv Tyler. Right, and Liv Tyler was crying. It was very emotional. Well, I was crying. Oh, who wasn't crying? Are, are you dying to hear my second great idea? Yep. Okay, now this one has um, not really landed very well with the ladies. Oh, do tell. I came up with this idea. I was on tour with Jesse Balin in 2012. We were opening for The Fray, and we had a great record out. Her record had a lot of buzz. The band that we put together, we thought it might be the last band we'd ever be in, because... She was so great. We we thought she was like our Fiona Apple. Right. But we were still working our first record, and we were in a van, and we were following the fray uh, on their tour buses. So the for those of you at home, the, the tour was routed for buses, meaning that they roll all night. Mm-hmm. Well, we were in a van. So for us to make sense on that tour, we were playing our set, almost immediately leaving, getting in the van, driving half, six hours to the next city, and then having to get up early in the morning and drive all morning just to get the sound check. Right. And she was pregnant. Ah, okay. So I started thinking, it's a real fucking bummer that women who want to have babies, just like dudes who want to have babies, it basically knocks out 18 months of their lives. Yeah. And definitely the on the front end, the nine. Yeah. When you're making the kid inside of your body. Right. Very little investment on the front end from the dude. Yes. We're talking about two and a, two and a half seconds. Worth. Right, much, much less. So I came up with the idea called the home incubator. Ooh. Where, through again, through various <laughs> methods of science that I don't understand, a woman, once impregnated, can take her womb and put it in a home incubator and grow the kid at home in a machine. <laughs> that way, she doesn't have to leave work. She doesn't have to worry about losing her job. She doesn't have to, in case of Jesse, she'd have to worry about... Um, you know, damaging her tour cycle, her record cycle. Because, yeah. you know, those windows are very delicate. They are, yeah. Basically, we had to leave that tour because she was pregnant and they, they wanted to make sure their kid was okay, which their kid's like five now and doing great. Right, yeah. Beautiful kid. But we basically had to leave the tour because we were vanning it and gunning it so hard it was unhealthy for her. But if she had a, and hear me out, mm-hmm. home incubator. 
Oh, see, this is why we're friends. TM. This is why we're friends. If you, if she had a home incubator, she mm-hmm. could have left the road and come back and, hey, my baby's almost done. Or Nathan, her husband, could have tended to it. You That's know? right, yeah. Only if, if you're growing it in your own body, really only you can take care of That's it. That's right, yeah. Make sure you're getting the right, the right amount of it's nutrients. It's just like growing some plants at home. <laughs> so I've told this idea to women, including Jesse, and there's just a very like primitive um, disgust at the idea. That there's something that that God's order cannot be tampered with. Worried that there'd be, there'd be a lack of connection to the kid, that the kid would have just inherent psychological problems because they don't have that closeness. The kid, you know what I'm saying? Which all makes perfect sense, by the way. I don't know, man. Imagine how liberating it would be. It's not fair that to to procreate it knocks women out of the game of life. So temporarily, intense, so yeah. intensely. I don't know, ladies, what do you think? Write into Clint Wells. Please don't. Clint Wells at Look, homecubator.org. It's just an idea, and believe me, it comes from love for the ladies. I'm not trying to offend anybody, but the homecubator, think about it. The homecubator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, MetalUpYourPodcast.com. You can see all the uh, other shit we have there. Right. Whatever. A bunch of things. Just a bunch of stuff. I'm once again the guest, my part two episode on the Dwight and Patty show, which I just recently learned they call it DAPS. Daps. That's a nice little acronym. There you go. That's good. Uh, I'm on there, part two, me talking about my writing process, how, juggling, being on the road, writing, having a family, how to make a fucking living yeah. when everyone's listening to fucking Spotify. Yeah. I had a, a Twitter thread yesterday I about Spotify. Did you get any heat for it? No, no heat. I actually had people with, with very intriguing questions, you know, like, I'm curious what the percentage is, or I'm curious what, you know, uh, other streaming platforms pay, like Apple Music and stuff like that, but... And all of them are pretty pretty shitty. I think Apple Music is actually less than Spotify. I saw someone saying on a forum recently, it was on the Metallica forums, they were like, they were talking about Tool and how Tool hasn't made their music available on Spotify. Yeah. And they were like, what am I supposed to do? I can't go listen to a Spotify, so yeah, I bit torrent it. I'm like, you are a piece of shit. Go buy, you, you can't go you, steal things. You don't have the record still? or like I, I literally have all my CDs from when I was in like junior high till. No, someone called them out, and they were like, I don't have a CD player anymore. It's like, well, that doesn't... It's not there for steal it. Go on iTunes and buy it for $9.99. Everyone would like to steal... what Everyone would love to have all the things they want right. without having to pay for it. Right. And yet we don't do that in other areas of life. No, we don't. Go hire your plumber and have him fix your toilet because you're weighing your crap in your new crap-weighing toilet mm-hmm. that you invented. And then go try just not paying him for it. Yeah. it's Yeah, it totally sucks. I mean, I was even like looking at what, like, what I've made on my record and uh, just on Spotify alone. And when I tweeted it, it was like, it's been out four months and it's been streamed. The whole record's almost been streamed 10,000 times, which is little numbers for Spotify. I've made about 75 bucks. Oh, great. Well, wonderful. Now you can go buy a fucking crack joint that you will then smoke and hopefully kill yourself. It's going it. to be awesome <laughs> for one second. Just, I'm just saying, like you know, there's something. There's a fetishization to holding something and getting it and being excited about physical media. Yes, dude. I mean, the second I walked in your house, we're at HQ too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the YouTubers know Clint. Hello, Clint YouTubers. always has his vinyl kind of sitting out in the studio. Not all of it, but uh, some records he's been listening to. And I immediately walked up and. Picked up Allison Chain's uh, Jar of Flies mm-hmm. and, the, and the Split split EP with uh, Sap. Mm-hmm. And I immediately just opened. It's just that gratifying feeling of looking at a record. And it doesn't have to be a vinyl. Like, CDs. I brought you a cassette today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, the tangible things are fun, man. I, I bought two records the other day in Omaha at a record store. And, and I love just looking at these things. And maybe it's just an old school mentality. But, I mean, to me, that's a part of the process of, of absorbing music and listening to music. Is That's 
that's part of the record is looking at the layout and looking at the lyrics and the credits and all this stuff. Uh, man, I totally agree. Obviously, I know some of our listeners are like, we've heard this shit before from Clint. That's fine. Just all I'm asking is next time you're weighing your crap <laughs> on the toilet. Or growing your baby in the, the, in the den. Or you're trying to figure out what outlet and what voltage is right when you're plugging in your home incubator. <laughs> Just consider that it may not be the best thing for you, even though it's the most convenient. How about that? Right, yeah. Now, we get emails more than we could ever read on the show, but we do like to dip in with the Metal Up Your Podcast family. It's Metal Up Your Podcast show at gmail.com. Questions, concerns, feedback. We also like it when people say nice things. I like and, nice uh, things. I like nice things in life. I like fun things, as I've made clear in the past. You love having a nice, fun shirt. Love a good, fun shirt. <laughs> Even the ones you don't have, you like to imagine that that'd be fun to wear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if you send us that email, we might read it on the show, and we're going to do that now and dip into the Melody Podcast family. Let's go. You want to lead us off? I would love to. Uh, first email from Ken Haley says, Holy shit, I just watched the YouTube video of the MTV contest Sunday morning. I was r- reminded uh, of it because Ricky Rackman posted a photo of him and James that day. Uh, your commentary on BJ and PJ headbanging was spot on. So funny. Uh, love the phone call, too. Ha, ha, ha. Of course, we're talking about PJ and BJ t- uh, talking back and forth mm-hmm. and like an answering machine. Um, was it RJ and B? I think it was. I think it- I think we may have got it wrong. It, that video is so bad quality. It's someone sent it to us on Twitter today. The video, yeah. I've watched the. I watched the whole thing when I when I was originally making notes of that show. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like, but the scene where they're like, they're I think they're jamming "Harvester of Sorrow," and and the two dudes are just standing in the corners awkwardly, just headbanging like crazy. Are they singing it too, though? Nope, just headbanging. Man, what if we would like? We're you know we mentioned trying to find one of those to see if they still have that road case. And we go on, let's say we go on maybe a 25-year-long National Treasure Part 3 Nick Cage looking for the Illuminati mission to find RJ, and it turns out it was PJ. Ooh, but he would know RJ, and he can call him. Well, they're probably related. Probably. Thanks, Ken. John Doe says, hey, Clint Ethan, only on episode 17, S&M, and it's been such a buzz listening to you and hearing how the show evolves as I go along. I see you were up to episode 113, which is brilliant. I only found you by trying to research material for my own metal podcast, which will be about the rich history that Ireland has for its own rock and metal bands and the people who went to see these shows, bought the albums, etc., and listened on Spotify, I guess, which I hope to launch mid-March. Don't know when your current episodes are, uh, are still reading out emails as you are starting. He keeps saying, is this an Irish thing? He's, he's Irish, yeah. Uh, I I'm not even going to try that accent. You want to maybe? I can't do an Irish okay. accent. Other than saying the word Irish in an Irish accent is Irish. Irish. You just say like, oi. Oi. Rish. Irish. Okay. Don't know in your current episodes, are you still reading out emails as you start to get bombarded with them even now uh, at episode 17? I certainly don't want to skip ahead. Such a laugh you guys are, and I hope you haven't changed. We'd love to do an episode on Metallica tracks that were too long in duration and could have been sliced down to shape. It's my only source of annoyance when it comes to Metallica as I've been a fan since 1986, so that's it. Maybe in the future as I get to later episodes, I'll die laughing if I come across my email being read aloud. Yeah, well, if he's on 17 now... He's got about 100 to go. Yeah, uh, we're still reading emails, by the way. You'll get this and be like, holy shit, they read my email a year ago. He says, cheers, congrats, and thanks for making another Irish Metallica fan appreciate the band even more. Richie from Cork in Ireland. Cool. Well, a, uh, a, a early congrats on, on launching this new podcast in, what do you say, March? He's going to launch, launch it in a few weeks, Talking I guess. about like metal and heavy bands from Ireland. I mean, awesome. I mean, you got to go back to Thin Lizzy for some of that stuff. Totally. You gotta dub- go, well, here are the two cornerstones of Irish heavy metal. Thin Lizzy, Cranberries. 
And yes, you got it spot on. Did I, did I nail it? <laughs> yes, you did. I'm sort of a historian when it comes to music. Well, especially Irish music. I study it. Yeah, yeah well, of course I study it. Yeah. Pogues, um, you too. <laughs> Pogues, you too. <laughs> um, he's not, you know, I don't have a lot of problems with the links of Metallica songs. I, I do on St. Anger. Yeah, that's probably the only record I'm really like. Eh, and maybe a, a few spots on Death Magnetic, maybe? Not for me. I, I can see the argument, but like the, their longest songs are, let's just name a few of them. Master Suicide of Pup- and Redemption. No problem. Yeah. Uh, Master of Puppets, for me, no problem. And Justice for All. And Justice for All, no To Live is to Die, no, no problem. problem. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, I can see the argument that some of the stuff on Load and Reload are long, and, but I just, I, I accept those rides for what they are. I would say, if anything, like maybe Outlaw Torn or Fixer get a little. Yeah, the, the Outlaw Torn gets long. Yeah. And that's an edited version. Yeah, totally. We've gotten flamed for saying that, though. Yeah. People, that is a very unpopular opinion. Well, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't argue with the inventor of the toilet the way Tell it to your okay? home incubator. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Oh, it's from Cork. That's awesome. I have a friend from Cork. Uh, Ryan Gaylor says, boys, what if Jason is Brantley and Brantley is Jason? Mind fucking blown. And he says in quotes, what a fun shirt to have. Should be a Metal Free Podcast shirt. Ryan, that's short and sweet. Yeah. Um, they could be the same person. Well, I kind of feel like they're not the same person. I think they just uh, they come from the same area. That's that's <laughs> they for sure. They live in the same town. Yeah, they actually live uh, on the same street, but can't be bothered to walk down and talk to each other. So he's he's sort of positing that maybe it's sort of a Fight Club type right. split personality, sure. and that's why they can't ever get a hold of each other. Oh, I mean, that's a good theory. Yeah. T- time will tell. It'd be a great David Lynch film. It really would. <laughs> in a world south of Cincinnati, <laughs> things have gone awry between Brantley and Jason. Is they Brantley mean, Jason? Is Jason Brantley? The only two detectives on the scene that can figure that out, PJ and BJ. <laughs> and there's a twist. Are they the same person? Oh my God. This movie brought to you by the Crap Wang Toilet. Wave crap, wave crap. We need a toilet that weighs your crap. We need a toilet that weighs your crap. We need a toilet that weighs your crap. What was the toilet going to be called? Not sure yet. Still thinking about that. Still in the. Uh, <laughs> it's been still years. The brainstorming. <laughs> I honestly haven't thought about that until you mentioned inventions. So. Yeah. Um, Cameron Whitlock writes in, "Hey guys, was watching the music video for Slayer's Seasons in the Abyss. Got me thinking: Is Dave Lombardo the secret ingredient to Slayer? And more importantly, are drummers more essential in a band than most assume? I play both guitar and drums, like Ethan, but drums were my first instrument I learned, so maybe there's some bias." I saw a Dave Grohl quote a while back saying, if it wasn't for the drummer, the band would suck, and I agree to an extent, but it got me thinking about how much of an extent it matters when you have incredible guitar uh, players in the same band like Slayer, Metallica, etc. I'd love to hear your opinion on the subject. Also, just shouting out a guy that's local to my hometown who's on the rise, I'd recommend listening to Tyler Childers if you want to hear some good country folk music. Great songwriter, we'd love to hear your opinion on his last album, Purgatory. I've okay. heard of Tyler Childers. I Are you sure? Maybe. I can't say that I, I know his music, but I, the name definitely rings a bell. Okay. Maybe he was one of the earlier uh, guys who reserved one of the toilets. Oh, he. so he sent in, he was one of the first Kickstarter pledgers? One of my first backers, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, that name does sound familiar. I gotta, I gotta listen to it. The, the, the first hundred people who donate $5, you send, they send in their own crap. Yeah, because you have to calibrate the toilet exactly in the, in the building stages of the, of the crap weighing toilet, which is what I'm calling it currently, okay. the crap weighing toilet. Yeah. Um, you guys had to get several different um, specimens and 
You want to see how the toilet would react to different um, different uh, solidities of of feces? Correct, correct. You know, you might have you might have had nothing but you know Taco Bell the night before. We want to literally weigh that in and see how it goes. You know? <laughs> Last night's Taco Bell giving you hell. If you worry what people think, if you got a bag that stings, you can weigh your crap, weigh your crap. We made a toilet that weighs your crap, weigh your crap. Well, unlike any great scientific experiment, you've got the variables and the controls. You've got the placebos. Maybe some of those bags don't have crap. Right. Maybe they're a bag of pennies. Yeah. So we, we need this toilet to be just fucking absolutely bulletproof. Exactly. Yeah. Prototypes being developed in Japan right now. In terms of the drummer, uh, you're I'm, a drummer. I'm kind of with that Dave Grohl quote. Um, well, I'm not saying it's the most important. Necessarily. But, but the quote, I think, I think that's I've heard a similar quote, which is basically a band is only as good as their drummer. Right, exactly. Now, I, I don't think that that means that that drummer has to be insanely talented or, or technically good at drums. Take the White Stripes for example. Meg White isn't mm-hmm. technically a good drummer, but mm-hmm. what she does is what the White Stripes sound is. Right. That with Jack White's guitar playing makes that sound. If there was like a technically perfect drummer, maybe it wouldn't have had that swagger that it did. Yeah. It, I mean, it's hard to say that what's cool about Slayer is just the drums. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff about Slayer, but I mean, there's no denying that Dave Lombardo is one of the best metal drummers of all time. I mean, the dude is insanely yeah, fast. Yeah, and, and you know, same with Nick Minza uh, with Megadeth, right? Right, yeah. So, but but here, but see, here's this too. I mean, both Slayer and Megadeth had bragging rights with their drummers, right? Right, yeah. Well, has that really gotten them anywhere? I mean, they're still way number two and three on the, on the big four scale. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think really, I think, I think really the best thing about bands are good songs. Yeah, and good front men. Yeah. it's a big stew that has to work together. It does. Yeah, it, 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 a drummer is only one of the ingredients in this whole thing, and this big pot of stew that Clint is churning right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's some that are are standouts. So there there, there are drummers that come into bands that. If it wasn't for them coming in with their technical abilities or the creativity they've they've brought forward, that band might not have become what they were. Like Blink One Eighty Two, for instance. Like mm-hmm. when Travis Barker came in, they ex- they went to another level. Oh, right, right. And on top of that, though, their songwriting got better and more catchy, and this and that. I would know? say the same with Chad Smith and Jack Irons with the Chili Peppers. Right. Yeah. Even though those are almost like two different bands, but another angle that's pertinent to what you and I do here in this town. I mean, the guy I play for, Rodney Atkins. Um, our drummer Kevin is great, you know, like I can't imagine anyone else doing it, but in a town like this, what makes Rodney Atkins sound like Rodney is him and his body of work. Right, and yeah. a lot of drummers could come in and just be great drummers. A lot of guy, you know, Phil Schaus, who currently plays for Ace Fraley and Gene Simmons, was the guitar player in this band before me. Oh, wow. I, I took over for Phil when he split. Now, we're not talking about these big classic bands like Slayer, but, sure. but in this town, how good you are doesn't matter as much. It's sort of interchangeable. It is because yeah. everyone's so good. Right, exactly. There's a there's a pretty high bar in Nashville, and there's a lot of people at that bar. Yeah, and in country music, especially, it is it is mostly focused on the main person, the mm-hmm. Rodney, the Taylor, right, whoever yeah. you know, the Luke Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, like Luke, like, did Luke just come in here? I'm Luke Bryan. I'm Luke Bryan. Man, I just, I just like was moseying down this dirt road, right? Was mm-hmm. drinking a Coors Light. I had my dog. I heard two, two of y'all talking about some music. So I thought I'd come and sit down and see what's all, see what's up, you know? Yeah, I was with my dog Skeeter. We were walking down a dirt long and dirt winding yeah, dirt road, wearing denim. Oh, I wear denim. I my underwear is denim. Yeah, man. Well, uh, 
I'm about to head downtown and go to my bar. It's mm-hmm. like I can drink for free. There's my name's on the front. Right. So I'll, you know, I'll see y'all later. I have to tell them sometimes, no, it's me, Luke. See that name out there on the marquee? No, no, not Bryant. Let me, let me ask you something. What's your name? What, Peppy? Well, let me ask you something, Peppy. Does it say Peppy on front of the bar out there? Does it say Peppy's bar? What does that say? No, I'm literally asking you. I can't read. What does that say? Oh, it says Luke. Okay. All right. Well, guess That's what? That's me. Guess what? I'm. Uh, guess what? <laughs> I'm Luke. It's me, Luke. Bryant. I love what? What? Um, only other band I was going to bring up that, that made a huge difference when their drummer did join was Nirvana. Big when time. Dave, I'm speaking of Dave Grohl, when that happened, I mean, Chad, the drummer before that, was great. Mm-hmm. Awesome drummer. The Bleach shit is rad. But, I mean... But, like, thinking about, like, Slipknot with our friend Jay Weinberg, right. who joined after Joey split. And but then I was even thinking, you were talking about this drummer that you liked a lot that played in Against Me. The uh, the old drummer? Uh, um, a Rocket from the Crypt guy. Oh, no, uh, that um, Jay used to play in Against Me. Right. Um, Adam Willard. But, but but he kind of flips through bands too. He, yeah, he's been in against me now, um, got a couple years at least. But and I bet that band still kind of sounds like against me, whether it's Jay or that guy. Right. Yeah, they're both very hard hitting drummers. It's weird. It's almost like it's almost like most bands kind of fall into the category of get a good drummer. It's going to mostly be the same guy yeah. that does the job. Right. There are some bands though where just the magic chemistry and Slayer is one of those bands. Yeah. I think Metallica is one of those bands with Lars. Yeah. But who drummed after Nick Menza? After that, they had, I mean, they had Vinny Caliuta play on a record. Really? Yeah. That's Vinny really... Vinny Caliuta played on a Megadeth record. That is really odd. Uh, I can't remember their next, I, I, I don't know, off the top of my head, uh, who, who replaced Nick Menza. Like if it's Jim Keltner on a Sting record or Josh Freese out on, on the road, yeah. it still sounds like Sting. Right, exactly. And, and then sometimes, you know, the, the, the sum of all these parts doesn't always just include musicianship. It's a, it's the hang, personality. The yeah, the vibe. You know, like, I might might not have been the best musician for this Need to Breathe gig, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> after them getting recommendations from people and me meeting them, they're like, dude, this guy's rad. Yeah. He's the one, you know. Mainly me and Dan. It's you and Dan Cantor, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Dan. <laughs> How was Australia, mate? All right, we got one more email, and then we're going to listen to some Slayer. Last email, David Bill. He says, metal up. Another great episode last week. Always great to spend two hours with you each Monday. Very pleased to hear you, you say uh, you're going to explore the Big Four with Slayer and will be seasons in the Abyss instead of Rain and Blood. Rain, See, he's one of those people we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rain gets all the accolades for being the cornerstone of Thrash, but Seasons to me is much a much more complete album with better songs. Still has great, a great opener and closer, um, but I also convinced myself a long time ago. A, a long, uh, here I come. You're doing good. You're doing good. Just read it like Luke Bryan. Um, but also, I convinced myself long, long ago that Dead Skin Mask is probably my favorite Slayer song of all time, man. Tell you what. Uh, maybe Paw Paw comes back for some poetry. Uh, also, there's a part in the intro of, con- of Confusion that sounds like it could be off seasons. Thank you, David Bill. I love that Luke Bryan's favorite uh, Slayer song is Dead Skin Mask. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I, lo- I love that track, man. Just man, keeps me going. Nothing man. makes me happier. I get a I get a uh, a bottle of Jack. I find a long, winding, wily dirt road. I take my coyote skip with me. Yeah, man. And we listen to Dead Skin Mask. I love it, man. I love it on repeat, <laughs> man. I wonder if, if in real life if Luke Bryan could name a Slayer song. He could be a closet metalhead. Uh, I feel like though he's like I've heard of the song Nothing Else Matters and yeah. there's Sandman. Yeah. That's fine with me. Real talk. Just okay. real talk. Hey, man, real talk, man. It's just me, my dog, Pointer. That's right. A long, winding, devilish, winding dervish of a, of a dirt road. In my Chevy. In my, in my, in my rag top Chevy top. My Ford. That motherfucker drives a fucking Fiat. 
He probably drives a Tesla. <laughs> He's driving some Italian cars for sure. All right. Well, that was as uh, simple as that. You can write in metal up your podcast show at gmo.com. We might read it. We might go on lots of tangents. We might pretend to be Luke Bryan for too long, for longer than we should have done <laughs> Agreed. that. Agreed. Uh, so let's get out of the email corner. Let's do it. Hey, it's Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we hope you're enjoying the Metal Tales from the Road series. If you've been keeping up with us, then you already know that we've covered every stop on the 2018-2019 North American Arena Tour, and we look forward to catching up with all of our European friends later this year on the Stadium Tour overseas. And there's more. After the Stadium Tour, we are continuing the Metal Tales series for any Metallica show in the past. Maybe you saw one of the Orion festivals. Maybe you were at the Channel in 1984 and Cliff Burton bought you a beer. Maybe you were at one of the 30th anniversary shows or you just saw a regular ass show in north dakota somewhere we want to hear from you since ethan and i started metal up your podcast we've wanted to find a way for listeners to call in and share their stories well this is it to make yourself eligible for a future or past metal tales episode please consider joining us on patreon for five dollars a month you not only get to come on the show as a guest you also get both of our Cover Our World Blackened EPs, monthly giveaways like deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, posters, and other goodies. You get early access to our YouTube videos, and we also let you ask our guests like Ray Burton, Michael Wagner, Hailstorm, members of Slipknot, your very own questions. For what essentially amounts to two cups of coffee a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. For any of you on the ride with us, we love you, we thank you, peace, and adios. Now we've uh, we're going to talk about some facts about the Slayer record. We're going to contextualize some of us. Now I'm I like Slayer. I've yeah. spent a lot of time with their records. I've got maybe three or four of them on vinyl. Um, but you know they're they're a certain flavor, and you yes, got to be are. in the mood for it. I think you may be more familiar with this record than me, so I'm also learning these facts too. So let's burn some facts down. Yeah, we got some facts. Uh, this was uh, it was recorded March through June of 1990. Release October 9th, 1990. Um, I was uh, twelve. Or I was about seven. To, about to be twelve. Um, it was recorded at Hit City West, Hollywood Sound, and Record Plant in Los Angeles, California. I don't know if you know this. The genre is thrash metal. I did not know that. Isn't that crazy? I thought it, I thought it was like uh, I thought it was like bro country. I but. I imagine a future world that I want to live in for me and my daughter Nova, in which my toilet can tell me what genre of music I'm listening to. Yeah, via Bluetooth, of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, it was on Deaf American, which was uh, Rick Rubin's label. It was his partnership with uh, Def Jam Records. Because back then, I mean, I don't know if you guys know much about Rick Rubin or um, uh, what's the uh, the series on Netflix? Rick Rubin's in shit. Uh, Sound City. The- it might be on Hip Hop Evolution. He's in a bunch. Okay. Season one, because he was a, a a huge part in getting the Beastie Boys. Well, we did a whole episode on Rick. Right. We yeah. So we probably talked about some of this stuff. Yeah. But I mean. He's done a bunch of Slayer stuff. Um, he was a producer. Andy Wallace actually was the uh, co-production and engineer. Side note: one of the Relent K records I did was mixed by Andy Wallace. Cool. Uh, Larry Carroll did the artwork and illustrations. Uh, a bunch of other people. Blah blah blah. Charts. Let's see some charts. Peak position in Australia was fifty-eight. Australia. Australia. 
Um, the United States, uh, this has gone gold in Canada and the United States. Album generally received positive reviews by critics. All Music Steve Huey said that it brought back some of the pounding speed of Rain and Blood for their third major label album, addressed it to be their most accessible album, displaying the full range of their abilities all in one place with sharp, clear, clean production. You agree with that? Sure. I do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's the one. That's the probably the word I hate to hear the most in my relationship. Sure. Because it's not yes. It's it's kind of like um, the word fine. It's exactly in the same family yeah. as fine. If you say, "Hey, everything cool," and she or he says, "It's fine," it's fine. That that that, that does that means it's not fine. Just you, a heads up, there, everybody. Sh- there should be an internal bullshit alarm going. Ding 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 ding. It's not fine. It's not fine. Check in more. Malfunction. Hey, babe, you want to get some tie tonight? Uh, sure. It's like here's what I'm hearing. No, but I will. Right. Exactly. And it's like I'm not asking you to fucking dig a ditch i'm asking what kind of food you want to eat you don't have to yeah. you don't have to settle for and dinner there's an inflection in your voice too if you're like oh, that's fine you're right because if, you, if you go no i'm fine thank you that's different right or, and there's a difference between sure and sure sure but see here's what this here, let me i'm a translator now okay here's what here's what here, i'm gonna do the two shares um are you cool with what we decided to talk about last night sure that means no but i'm willing to do whatever the thing is yeah hey um you want to go eat some Thai tonight? Sure. That means, yes, I would very much like to eat Thai food. Yes. You're correct. <laughs> um, what else can we say about this? Uh, War Ensemble. War Ensemble. It's not a pretty song by any means. And Arl Blitzkrieg, whose chorus climaxes with the lines, the final swing is not a drill. It's how many people I can kill. It's filled with brutal images and blaring guitars, all propelled at the breathless pace of thrash metal. I'm glad I'm not a music journalist. Just having to just slave over poetic musings like that. About you know, what I would Slayer. do. I would. I would get a, a record review, and I would just write, "It's fine, fine. Yeah, it's fine. Two word. Hey, two word want, review. You want to review, the, review this record? Sure. Yeah, sure. It's fine. So it looks like most of the record was written by. Well, the pretty pretty nice spread here. We got some Hanneman, Tom Araya. We got some Araya by himself. A lot, four of the tracks were written by Carrie King by himself. No songs written by Todd. Lombardo. Todd Lombardo? Tom Lombardo. Dave Lombardo. Dave Lombardo. <laughs> I always say that. Todd Lombardo. That's Todd's younger brother. Hold on a second. There's a Todd Lombardo drummer here in town. Todd. In town? Tom Lombardo. Damn it. That's okay. Hey. hey. Yeah, look up. at this. ToddLombardo.com. I bet you he's a drummer. That's fine. There's his, there's his face. Look at that shot. It's a glamour shot, man. What up, Todd? Did you ever get a glamour shot? No. I mean, I've been in photo shoots with my bands and stuff, but I've never... Like my... He's a country drummer. That's why I know him. Brett, Brett Eldridge, Eldridge, Casey, Casey Musgraves, okay. Chase Rice, Walker Hayes, Lady Annabellum, David Nail, Zach Brown. Never heard of him. Eagle Eye Cherry? Uh, what was that big Eagle Eye Cherry song? Save tonight. Fight the my break of dawn. Come tomorrow. tomorrow. Pop quiz hot shot. His sister's name. Fergie. Nana Cherry, remember her? Did you hear that song in the 90s called Buffalo Stance? God, no. <laughs> I didn't. What if Todd Lombardo is a, a big listener of the show and he's so pumped right now we're talking about him? Well, let me just apologize. I think I said Todd Lombardo earlier, too. Just all you Slayer fans out there, don't worry about they it. They already probably hit pause on the episode or emailing you right now. Well, I'll glad. It was actually Dave. David Lombardo. Um, All right. Um, what else can we say about the record before we start listening? I, I, there's one little fact on here I think it's interesting. It's a, you know they released uh, "Season of the Abyss" on October 9th, 1990, through Deaf American Records. Later that year, it was released again through Warner Music Group, hmm. and then re-released in 1994 through American Recordings, Rick Rubin's 
only or his actual label that wasn't a partnership thing. Okay. Um, this interesting that they've released it three times in four years. Yeah, I mean that's just a bunch of weird bureaucratic red tape businessy yeah. shit, right? And the video for Seasons of the Abyss was Slayer's first music video filmed at the Giza Plateau in Giza, Egypt. That's crazy. It was their last album to feature Todd Lombardo. Yeah, Todd Lombardo, unfortunately, after this, wasn't on any records. Uh, well, he had to go start touring with Casey Musgraves. That's um, right. It says the, last, the band's last album to feature original drummer Dave Lombardo until 2006's Christ Illusion. Oh, I forgot he left the band after this. He quit the fucking he quit band? quit the fucking band. Well, That's I like right. the cover art. It's bitching. Yeah. Who'd all you their say, stuff who'd is, you say did the cover all art? All their stuff is super scary. Um the cover art was you meant, you mentioned uh, Larry Carroll. Okay. Larry. Larry. Larry Carroll. <laughs> Make a scary demon face for the artwork. Bye. This is crazy. I went to his Wikipedia real quick. Larry Carroll is a former television news reporter in Los Angeles. What? And an artist who has worked for the Progressive, the Village Voice, the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Newsweek, the Nation, Reason, blah, 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 um, and other periodical drawings and political illustrations. Carol's most notable work is designing the artwork for American thrash metal band Slayer album covers. That's crazy. He's like this like re- like respected reporter that has done all this. I'm thinking of a jingle for the crap weighing toilet. Weigh your crap, weigh your crap. We make a toilet that'll weigh your crap. Weigh your crap, weigh your crap. We made a toilet that weighs your crap. Weigh your crap, weigh your crap. We made a toilet that weighs your crap. Woody, last night, is it coming out all right? If you think you might be sick, well, we got just a trick. You can weigh your crap, weigh your crap. We made a toilet that weighs your crap. Weigh your crap, weigh your crap. We made a toilet that weighs your crap. Is last night's Taco Bell giving you hell? If you worry what people think. You got a bag that stings You can weigh your crap, weigh your crap We made a toilet that weighs your crap Weigh your crap, weigh your crap We made a toilet that weighs your crap I just want to be accurate about feces So get the number right Even if it takes all goddamn night What'd you eat last night? So coming out all right Don't let last night's eggplant End up in your favorite pen Weigh your crap, weigh your crap We made a toilet that weighs your crap Weigh your crap, weigh your crap We made a toilet that weighs your crap We made a toilet that weighs your crap we need a toilet that weighs your crap. Weigh your crap. What do you think? It's snappy. It's catchy. <laughs> Actually, you know what, Clint? It's fine. Sure. 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 All right. Um, I'm excited to listen to this with you. Yeah, me too. We don't get to see each other anymore. I know. It's been a whole week without you. 
Um, we're gonna. So for those of you who are new to this uh, premise, we listen together. It's not at a ear crushing volume. It's we're gonna be doing some commentary. We got the lyrics ready to rock. Yep. And uh, this is not a sponsor or an endorsement. This is just something we like. But GeniusLyrics.com, they do this cool thing when you're looking at the lyrics. There will be these certain parts that are highlighted. You click on that, and it gives you like some info about whatever yeah. your context for the lyrics. It's pretty production, cool production info. So I think we're gonna kick it off right here with War Ensemble. I love, I love this. Song. Okay. So much reverb on those tones. Pretty brutal. Oh, right out of the gate, yeah. I'm listening to listen to Todd Lombardo's right hand on the ride. Yes. Doing sixteenth notes. That's so fast. That's not an easy rhythm to play. There is a lot of verb on those toms. Yeah. I love that verse riff. They're one of those bands that's so fast and thrashy that it's hard to tease out the riffs sometimes. Yeah. Payback's a bitch, motherfucker! Jeff Hanneman. I believe Hammond was on the left, King's on the right when they do uh, do solos. Their solos were never really like these. They make melodic, a lot of they, yeah. They make a lot of noises. They do a lot of whammy bar noise stuff, and then like real fast, like thirty second note picking and stuff. You know, and Tom Arad just kind of does one thing. He's not, you know, a, a versatile singer, you know, like a Hetfield um, or even a Joey, Joey Belladonna, Lombardo. That was awesome. Um, it's, and it's like they're all in the same key. It's like always like this. It is. Yeah. But that's their sound. You know, like you can't tell me I support the war. Yeah. Don't forget to wear your poo. <laughs> Home cubator. <laughs> TM. Tornado obliterator. Dude, Tornado Obliterator is a great band name. That's a really good one. Slayers, their thing too is all their riffs are scary sounding. Yeah. Well, they're evil, but they're evil motherfuckers. And Tom Ryan is actually a Catholic. He's like a devout Catholic. They have a record called God Hates Us All. Yeah. Or God Hates You All. Dude, there's some interview stuff I got to find one day. Uh, it's been a year since I've watched it where like he's being asked about the lyrics and you can see him just laughing. Like, kind of like, yeah, Carrie King writes a lot of the lyrics. Because <laughs> to him, I think it's just kind of funny. It's like, well, it's, it is funny. It is silly. It's funny. It's fun. <laughs> That'd be a fun lyric to have. So fun. You know what? Those guitars, 
are not as crunchy as they're actually pretty not crunchy. Yeah, I mean they got a gravelly crunch, but they're not these ducked mids. No chuggas. That, that was a very thrash sound back then, like right, like old Marshall eight hundreds with the exactly. mids turned up it's a like lot. It's like a JCM eight hundred with yeah. cranked mids. Like you imagine Slayer is just this super saturated crunch, yeah. but it's not really that. Their whole deal—they had Marshall stacks on stage. Yeah. I mean, it's still my favorite metal guitar tone—is that high mid tone, similar to Kill 'Em All. Yeah, very much so. Which was Marshall's. Yep. I remember when I first heard this, I was just like, oh man. Like, I already heard of Metallica and I was blown away and I loved Injustice for All. But when I heard this, it was like, holy shit. Like, because, I mean, I kind of heard the term thrash metal, but this was, like, on another planet to me. Like, I heard, I've heard, i never heard anything like this. And I think that's the beauty of the big four is that each of them have their own sound. You know yeah. what I mean? The like, Anthrax yeah. sounds like Anthrax. Megadeth, same thing. But... Sounds kind of like Dire's Eve. All right, now we're on into Blood Red. Hell yeah. That's cool. See, that's kind of got a groove vibe. Yeah. Well, double kick action. Todd Lombardo. Todd Lombardo. Genius Lyric says, This song deals with citizens having their liberty and lives seized by their overbearing and oppressing governments. Love that. Yeah, it's a great riff. See, I can get behind that. Yeah. Reminding me of something. Is that reminding you of something? Rush. Tom Sawyer. Hey, no, that's it. That's it. That is it. Okay, Jeff. The solo is being toggled left and right. Yeah. Fun trick. Yeah, if you're listening to our podcast right now with headphones on, you'll hear what we're talking about. Or in the car, I guess. They're big on the sounds. Yeah. It sounds like they're trading, right? Yeah, it does. See, this is a Tom Araya lyric. I, I, I like it better. Tom's lyrics? Than kind of the dumb Satan shit. Yeah. I think a lot of the like this the Satan stuff is Carrie King. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. 
How bummed is Carrie King that they're breaking up? <laughs> Tom's like ha- Tom has like back issues. He's just tired. He's getting old. Carrie King is like the biggest Slayer fan. I mean, what are they gonna do? I mean, it's like Guar. Like Guar still tours because what else are they gonna do? Yeah, they didn't make enough money to never work again. Right? Don't you think? I bet Slayer did. You think so? I, I think so. Yeah. All right. By the way, this is the third song. If you couldn't tell, there's not a lot of gap between the uh, the songs here, and they sound very samey. Yeah, this has got a Sabbath vibe. See, I love when Slayer hits this tempo. I love the thrash stuff, but <laughs> coils of the serpent. Nice. Uh, who's lyrical? Uh, who's lyric credits on this? This is King. King, yeah. Oh, you got, you got a hell and the devil. The song is specifically a tour through hell guided by Satan himself. Ooh. Hence the coils of serpents. Good Lunar Satan Inspirato in there. Yeah. The more we listen to this, the more I love these guitar tones. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Yeah. I like the slower. I like the slower tempo tunes. Double tracked. So they they played it twice. You can hear the little imperfections. I love that. Right? Yep. Or they put a doubler on it, but I feel like I've been hearing little imperfections. I think it was double tracked. So crazy that Rick Rubin would go from like licensed to ill. Like run DMC to this. To this. Yeah. It's so, that's insane. He's such a talented dude. But that shows, I mean, that shows his, his, his diverse taste and, you know, here we go. Kerry King, right hand. That's fast, dude. <laughs> when you watch uh, Tom Lombardo... <laughs> You yeah. watch Dave Lombardo play this stuff. Like he does make it look pretty effortless. Because he's so damn talented. He's just got a gift, man. <laughs> it is kind of like retarded teenage poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it is. You know what I mean? When you when you read along... And by the way, I mean retarded like silly. Yeah. So no one get triggered. Yeah. No, when you read the lyrics along with the song or just read them on their own, they do seem way sillier like, than, when, than when Tom's singing them. You could put a comma and then dad after all these. Like, yeah. welcome to my world, dad. Involve yourself with my dream, dad. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I rule this inferno, dad. <laughs> I rule this inferno, Dad. 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 
Oh, jeez. This is a fun record. It's a fun record. Ooh, Expendable Youth. Hell yeah. This is good stuff, man. I'm telling you, when they, like, the the super fast thrash stuff is is so fun to listen to and jump in a circle pit too, but, like, there's slower stuff, man. There's some cool riffs in here. Gun down cold on a raw deal. Home turf, my battlefield, dad. Dad. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm really struck by how Sabbath it sounds. Yeah, there's a lot of Sabbath influence on I this. I was not expecting even it. Even production-wise. Oh, yeah, it sounds like Sabbath 1. Yeah. Not, it's not as sludgy, but it sounds like Sabbath 1 and Paranoid to me. Dad, this sounds like uh, Rob Zombie. Yes, yeah. Sounds like Thunderkiss. Yeah. Uh oh. Old Tom Morea may want to send a cease and desist letter to old Rob Zombie. Yeah. This sounds exactly like that, doesn't it? Funky drums. Rob Zombie kind of has that vocal thing on most of his songs, I think. I love Rob Zombie. He's so he's so horrible live. His singing, really, so horrible. That sucks. I think he's so cool, but yeah. Maximal death homicide. I love when Slayer warns me of the dangers of gang warfare yeah. <laughs> in urban communities. Another double track solo. You got the trade off. I mean, there really are moments where you're like, can they play guitar? Dude, that, that's a, Am I out off point? Not at all. There's a, there's a common criticism, especially with Kerry King, that he's not a great guitar player or lead player. Because he kind of just like, he'll shred real quick and then do a lot of dive bombs and pull that whammy bar up. And, you know, they've never been known for like tasteful, like melodic solos. It's just like ripping solo or a bunch of dive bombs. And but that's cool. That's Slayer sound. That's, they don't have anything that you could point to, like a tornado of souls? A, no, not on that caliber, I think. I can't believe I'm referencing Tornado of Souls. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. From the album, Todd Lombardo. 
I love. I mean, I'll definitely be listening to this more. I need to get this one on vinyl. I only have "Show No Mercy," which I think is their first record, or is that "Hell Awaits"? I, th- I, I "Show No Mercy" the first one because there was a splatter vinyl. I got "Rain and Blood" and I got the album. Ooh. Oh, here's oh here's uh, Luke Bryan's favorite. That's right, Slayer man. Tune. Hey, I'm back. Hey, man. I love this tune, y'all. Dead Skin Mask, man. It's like it's, real. It's real awesome. It's probably because this one time on a long dirt road, I wore a dead skin mask. Yeah, man. I had to got it. You had to hide from some people, man. You know, with my success and all, a lot of fans kind of follow me around, so I just put dead skin mask on. Similar to the characters called the Whispers in The Walking Dead. If you watch that show. Oh, this is about Ed Gein. Do you know who Ed Gein was? Uh, I don't. He was a serial killer in Wisconsin. It's what the Texas ah. Chainsaw Massacre is based on. Oh, wow. Okay. He killed a few women, but when they found his house, he had exhumed a bunch of bodies from a local cemetery, and all of, all the furniture in his house was made out of dead people. Ew. Like ashtrays of human skulls. He had a belt made out of nipples. His lampshades were skin. God, that's fucked up. Uh, Show No Mercy was the first record, by the way. Kind of a Rob Zombie vocal again. I like that guitar part from the intro. Dude, this song is awesome. He's singing melodically. When he does, he kind of just goes with the chords, which is cool. lyrics there we go that's no joke the lead yeah that's solo that was a real solo These are real solos. Yeah. They do a lot of those climbs like that. This is the best song on the record so far. This song is badass. I like how they trade that riff off. In the music video, in my mind, Ed Gein is putting on one of the dead skin masks. He puts the lotion in the basket. 
<laughs> oh, see, there's a copy of one of the masks Ooh. he made. God, that's frightening. I'll show you some more of the shit. That's Ed Gein. That's creepy in the song. Just kids' voices. Real creepy. He never fucked with kids, though. Yeah. Mr. Gein, this is not fun anymore. God, this is this is getting disturbing. <laughs> Are those penises? Yeah, he made a necklace of them. Whoa. He Ow. made a belt out of nipples. Ouch. There it is. There's the belt of nipples. Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's really horrible, right? Oh. He made a, a shoe out of skin. Wow, this is. <laughs> Look, he made he made cups made out of uh, skulls. See, you would have those in your studio. Yeah, I would have Ed Gein in my studio. I'd, I'd make a re- I'd produce a record for him. Man, all right, we get to side B now. Uh, let's flip the proverbial record, shall we? Hell yeah! We should have gone to that show. I know. I'm glad I've gotten to see Slayer, though. I never saw him. A couple years ago, me and Jack O'Shea went uh, at Municipal. It was them, Testament, and Carcass. This place sounds like shit. It does, but it was fucking fun. I bet. It was rad. Testament was the stand-up that night, actually. Last time Darren Edwards was here, he invited me to go see Testament with him at Marathon. Oh, nice. Couldn't make it out. So this is about a hollow point bullet that I guess really fucks you up. Oh, yeah. I can imagine when you're young and your parents are listening to Metallica then being like, wow, what is this? Like, and being kind of scared, like... That part's rad. So good. But could you imagine then your parents hear you listening to this? This would be my... It's like, it's demonic sounding. You know what I mean? It just sounds evil. Yeah, like if my parents give me a hard time about Metallica, I'd play this to be like, see how bad it can be? Yeah, I'm not there yet. That's some fast right hand shit on the rhythm. Yep. Pretty good. A little sloppy, Joe. A little bit.
No remorse. No regret. We don't care. What is it? This does sound like no remorse. Another bullet. See, all these fast fills, if he didn't do that and we're just going boom, boom. Right. If he simplified it, it'd be power more powerful. Yeah. That's what Metallica's great at. Right, yeah, exactly. Because that riff was so fucking cool. It kind of gets, it's just, it, you're a little distracted by the drums. Well, when every bar ends with, like, you don't have to do it just because you can. Right. See, if you just kept that. Yep. Dude, there is no bullshit in between these songs. Nope, not at all. Skeletons of society, Dad. This one, this one's for sure evil. I'll carry King on this one. The song is a slow-paced groove metal song, unlike much of Slayer's extreme thrash metal. Extreme it tells the story of a nuclear war from the point of view of a survivor who watches as people struggle to survive the aftermath. Okay. See, I love when we get into a little more groovy Slayer. Is he describing trading places with Dan Aykroyd? He is, yeah, Eddie Murphy. It's a great movie, by the way. Thunder Kiss again, by the way. Yep. Sounds like James Hetfield. <laughs> There's that lead climb they do on like almost every song. Climbing guy into whammy bar dive. Yeah. Like that lead section could have used something more melodic, I think, for how groovy the song is. I agree. Sound like James? A little bit. Dude, we're just like skeletons of society. That's like all we are, man. There's no credit on Wikipedia of who did that spoken word part, so it might have been one of the dudes in the band. 
Or or uncredited James Hetfield. James Hetfield. We know it probably wasn't him. Don't write in. Yeah, don't write in. We're cool. Don't do it. I mean, it's fine. I mean, they're definitely capable of playing solos. Yeah. They're big fans of, like, the tale of a solo having that echo go to the other side. Yes, exactly. I've noticed that in almost every song. Hell yeah. What is like skeletons of society, Dad? And you're to blame. You don't even understand. Not the forgotten Presidio session song of which Torben said, delete, delete that. that. Okay, so. It's a little weird. We got some left can echo. I feel like it would already sound better if you got rid of that. Absolutely would. Oh, here they explain it. An overdub of lead vocalist Tom Araya singing. It was unintentional. He sang the song twice. Once the way he felt it sounded best. The second time at the insistence of Carrie King, the way he thought it should be sung. By accident, both tracks were played back simultaneously on the instrumental background. And Rick Rubin suggested that both be used for the album. Oh, okay. Rick has spoken. He said they never played the song until 2010. Wow. Because he couldn't sing that echo. He says, if I could sing and play, I would have done it, attempted the backup. Who, Carrie King said that? He told me that. Oh, he did? he call you? He left you a message about it, right? It was on my voicemail. I was too busy weighing my crap. <laughs> but the new uh, Weigh Your Crap Toilet has a phone in it. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, we're working on a Bluetooth option, too. Right. It's a subwoofer we're trying to test out, too. It's a long... Dude, designing a toilet that weighs your crap is hard. Especially when you don't know anything about toilets. Or crap. Yeah. There we go. That sounds like Sepultura. Yep. Chaos AD takes on the streets. <laughs> Man, I have an unpopular Rising. opinion. Or rise. <laughs> rise. Uh, um, I almost said uprising. Nomad. 
Um, I have an unpopular opinion. Okay. I do not like the drumming. Really? I do not like it. Okay. I haven't really liked any of it. Fair. It's just too busy. It is pretty busy. I mean, obviously he's a, he is a very talented drummer. He's very fast. No, no, no disrespect. But he, I mean, he does a lot of fills. That's sick. I don't think the drums sound great. They're not. No, they're they're actually pretty thin sounding yeah, for they, a they metal are. band. Right. And that's surprising with Rick. Ooh, I like that. Step back in time's sand. That's cool. See, I don't like that. Yeah. He kind of ruins a lot of these riffs for me, man. I don't want to be a butthole. Ooh, born a fire. <laughs> so fast. It was written as an instrumental. The lyrics were written last minute by Carrie. See, when he keeps the drums steady like this, it's it's more powerful to me. I don't know what any of their songs are really about. <laughs> like, just hearing that story... Sorry, let's listen. I mean, I think Kerry King writes lyrics just to be as like evil and dark sounding as possible because that's just his thing, you know. He can't. He's not going to write something that is like positive sounding. No, I get it. <clears throat> that's the whole I Slayer mean, deal. I I understand the challenge. Like when I when I sit down to write Lunar Satan, it's a very specific thing. Yeah. But I think you could argue that the three tunes I've written thus far, yeah, they're not just like strange sort of senseless evil couplets right yeah there's a story sure you know uh i'm not knocking it necessarily it's cool but yeah when twilight's blanket falls when it gets dark yeah I'd like to let you know there's going to be a short instrumental break. Thank you. You're welcome. It's brutal, no doubt. Totally. You know what I can tell? He's a light hitter. 
He doesn't hit hard. He actually does. He does? If you watch videos of him, he hits pretty hard. I think it's just the production. It's the snare's real thin. It just seems like when you're going that fast around, how is there time to like... I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying he's as hard a hitter as like John Bonham on the... Okay, this song. This is the best song on the record, in my opinion. Okay. It, it, probably one of the more popular songs. Last track of the record. All right. I, I'm loving the slow tempo. Dude, great riff stuff in here. That bent B flat. This. Oh, yeah. Octave up one. Little. Yep. This song is apparently about the abyss. Like the movie The Abyss. That's a great movie. Only clean guitar on the record? Only clean guitar in their whole career. See, this sounds great. Yeah. Oh, a great gong sound. You'll hate the drum fill going into the next part just because it gets real busy. This sounds like Alice in Chains, man. Yeah. This sounds like... I can't remember. See, to me, to me, this is more scary sounding than like the fast shit. Absolutely. Look at Sabbath. Yeah. Slow is scarier. Oh yeah. A little octave guitar there. See if you could point me to a Slayer record that's like all this. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. And another great riff here. Hell yeah. The hat is loud. This sounds like he sounds like Pantera too. It sounds like Vinnie Paul. Yeah, for sure. That snare is so thin, man. It's, it's real thin. The guitars are heavier in this song. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah, a little more mid-scoop on them. Rob Course, course two right after Double course, course one. Yeah, second best song on the record so far for yeah. me. Those drums are killing me, man. They're, they're, I never really thought about like how thin they were until you brought it up. I'm just, I've heard this record for so many years, but. You can hear the lower octave. Yep. I think that makes it sound even scarier. Totally does. Jesus Christ, my fucking email is blowing up, dude. Close 
What's the Owl song that's like, all the time I swore I'd never be like my old man? Dirt. Oh, Dirt, yeah. Exactly who? Oh, no, Hate to Feel. It's got a similar vibe. I'll sing it next time. Ooh. Oh, yeah. The ever popular thrash metal key change solo. Would it just go up a step? Uh, either that or up to the fourth or something. More double tracking. That was with a pedal. That's like some sort of pitch shifter, right? Maybe. Interesting delay where the delay is going to the right channel. A little more melodic there. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, they should do. They should have done more of that. And I, I gotta admit, I'm not. I'm not crazy familiar with all of Slayer's catalog, especially later stuff. So I'm not positive if they have another record that's more this kind of vibe. I love when he just follows the chords for his melody. <laughs> it's like it's a Neil Pert part. <laughs> Back to that kind of intro vibe. Yeah. It's a great song, man. I, I love it. I love that. RJ is PJ. It's fine. Oh man! Well, there it is. That was fun. That was that felt very brief. It's only forty-two minutes long. I mean, that's only about twelve minutes over a standard EP length. But yeah, there's seasons in the abyss. Um, our second installment of Explore the Big Four. I had a great time. For those of you out there who are big Slayer fans, if I, I hope you know, if I butt hurt you at all about that, I apologize. But I'm just on the ride, man. I'm responding honestly. I got to say, exactly. The riffs are better than they could be because. The drums are just stepping on him. Dave Lombard's a busy drummer. I mean, that's one of the reasons why he, why he is so looked up to, because he's so technically good, and I don't think a lot of Slayer fans care. Um, but I think if you're coming in it from a songwriting aspect, then... Um, well, I'm thinking about production, too. Just yeah. Just like, you know, those riffs landing. A lot of big breakout riffs start with just the riff, right? Yeah. And then the drums kind of creep in. Almost every time that happened on the record, when the drums finally came in, I was like, I didn't like the riff as much. Yeah. Or it just lost I see power. It just lost power. Well, he, I think you're right in that he does a lot of fills on this stuff. It's like a, way, a little too much. Too Philly. It's pretty fun. They don't... They're kind of Satan shit. Which there was like way more... There was kind of less Satan-y stuff. More like war and... Yeah. War ensemble and guns and gang, gang violence and yeah. shit. 
more that kind of felt like a political it's record. all yeah and it's all but it's all very dark content that's what they're known for i mean they, they're not going to make a, a, a encouraging song for the, the kids out there right but um no i mean it's you know i love doing these i know it's only a second one but it just feels like you know for us we're just two buds sitting around like hey let's throw on a slayer record that's the feedback we're getting is that it's just like two buds throwing on a slayer record hey man it's i mean that if that's not a good rom-com i don't know what it is when Harry Met Sally, Part Two: Seasons in the Abyss. <laughs> Clint, Mrs. Wells says it's fine. Weigh in your crap. Weigh in your crap. We're a toilet that can weigh your crap. TM. Well, that was fun. Who knows what the next one will be? So we're we're p- pivoting to Anthrax, and we, you want to do next? We'll go to Anthrax. Or this is a time. Uh, no, I'd love to do either Among the Living it. or Among the Living is kind of the classic, uh, or maybe State of Euphoria. Um, well, maybe we'll do. So here's what we did for our load and reload: is uh, we'll put it on the socials. We'll let everyone vote. Yeah, let's do that. So if you don't follow us on Twitter or Instagram or all this, all the stuff, go do it now. And we try to get interactive over there. Um, I did want to give a shout out to Michael Barron, who lives in Nashville. He's a fan of the show. We met him at the party. Mm-hmm. I had coffee with him this morning, and awesome. he gave us uh, he gave us some stuff to give away. Very cool. So we've been kind of slacking on the Patreon thing, not because we don't have shit to give away. It's just we've been busy. We're slammed. I, I don't even want to bore you guys with what the last like 15 days of my life have been like, <laughs> but they've been, been really crazy in a good way. It's good to be busy. Yeah, I've been on tour for that. And I know you've been, you were slamming in production rehearsals right into this tour. Yeah. It's kind of that time, man. I think this happened last year, too, when right. the kind of winter lull ends. In Nashville, basically from like mid-December through kind of mid-February, it's pretty dead. It gets real sleepy here. And uh, from usually March, beginning of spring through December, mm-hmm. yeah, shit really kicks into gear. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but we love you guys, and we appreciate everyone who listens and gives us feedback. And yeah. If, if this is the first episode you ever listened to, uh, we don't listen to Slayer every episode, just so you know. But that was just a little little, little side thing we're doing. I think uh, we've got, we, like I said, gotten feedback. People seem to enjoy it. Um yeah, and I mean, hit up Patreon, go to the, do the iTunes review, hit us up Miller Podcast Show at check out our tour dates, see if we're coming through, look up Rodney Atkins tour dates, Need to Breathe tour dates, we'll be, uh, me and Clint will be touring all spring. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm going to put together another newsletter that maybe has some of our tour dates. Cool. So there's a little bit of housekeeping shit here at the end. If you go to our website, metalupyourpodcast.com, the first thing you'll see, and I think I think there's like a buggy thing over there because it our website takes a minute to load now. Yeah. Just give it a minute. Yeah. Um, just go sit on your crap weighing toilet and uh, <laughs> when it comes up you'll be prompted to if you want to put your email address in once you do that you'll never see it again Yeah, and that's just so we can send you a newsletter like the, na- the last newsletter I sent out we do like one a month it had like a bunch of pictures from the party that our friend Chris here just took it had updates about Ethan's record Let It Burn updates about Lunar Satan and the next one I think is going to have some of our ne- upcoming tour dates yeah awesome so go sign up on the mailing list. So that way you can kind of keep up with what's up. Because sometimes when we're touring or when we have a new uh, T-shirt campaign or just some of the various shit that we're up to, we put that on our socials, but right. some people aren't on the socials. So yes, exactly. My my advice to you, if you listen to the show every week, which we know we can see how many of you do, it's, yeah. it's quite a lot, by the way, Yeah, uh, it's, which is so fucking cool. There's at least 20 in it. You, know you know where you are maybe... Ugh, we're maybe two weeks away from hitting 500,000. I know. We're, we're very close. It's That's insane. So... I would encourage you guys if you're if you're hanging with us every week, come get involved in the other ways. Yeah, whether it's in, if you're on Instagram or if you're on Facebook. For some of you, I don't do the Facebook. Ethan does that over there, but we're trying to have a good time over there. And definitely check out the Patreon. 
be a part of what's great about the show. That's kind of how yeah. I look at it. Yeah, exactly. And, There's so much incentive over there just to, you know, pitch in a little bit. You get a ton in return. Yeah. And there there are several podcasts that I support at that level because mm-hmm. I believe in them and I care about them. So um, that's just sort of the, the culture we live in now. Right. Yeah. And uh, at the very minimum, if you could go to the iTunes and click, 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 click that review, that'd be cool. Should we say anything else before we split? Um, go with some more Slayer. Yeah, I'm going to crank up Seasons in the Abyss tonight on the bus, for sure. I'm going to pick a record on my drive home from HQ2 back to my house that I have never dipped into. Okay. Because there's a few I've never dipped into, and I want to check it out. Try God Hates Us All. Okay. You think I'll crash? (laughs) You know, I'll take the slow route home. Take side streets back to my house, just in case. Drive by all the churches that you can. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Catch catch fire as I'm driving by. All right, well, come visit us online, and uh, we'll see you on the flip-flop next week. Peace. Adios. Well, we got just a trick. You can weigh your crap, weigh your crap. We made a toilet that weighs your crap. Weigh your crap, weigh your crap. We made a toilet that weighs your crap. Is last night's Taco Bell giving you hell? If you're worried what people think, if you got a bag that stings, you can weigh your crap, weigh your crap. We made a toilet that weighs your crap. We crap, we crap, we need a toilet that weighs your crap. I just wanna be accurate about feces. So get the number right, even if it takes all goddamn night. What'd you eat last night? So coming out alright. Don't let last night's eggplant end up in your favorite Weigh your crap, weigh your crap We need a toilet that weighs your crap Weigh your crap, weigh your crap We need a toilet that weighs your crap We need a toilet that weighs your crap We need a toilet that weighs your crap Weigh your crap We're the selling of the manufacturer Duval, the same thing as an advertisement for this product If you were our advisor, what would you say? And then I would say, delete that.